welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining me once again this week, like every week, Steven Schleicher. Hello. Steven, what's up? Not a whole lot. So we're uh, talking a movie you've been excited about I for was, a while. I was. I was very excited about seeing this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's The Nice Guys, uh, directed by Shane Black and starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a bunch of other people, um, including K- Keith David and Kim Basinger, which I was really surprised to see both of them in the movie. Uh, so yeah, I've been waiting to see this forever. Um, at first, our local theater was not going to have it, and then at the last minute, right. it finally showed up. But unfortunately, by that time, both of our schedules were all screwed up. Mm-hmm. And so um, we missed a week, and we figured this week we would take a t- chance to, or take a moment, to play some catch-up. Yeah, absolutely. And take a look at The Nice Guys. Uh, so The Nice Guys is about, well, it's, 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 an, it's set in L.A. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 1977. Set, 1970s, mm-hmm. Yeah, late 70s. And it follows two guys that are private investigators, essentially, mm-hmm. um, that are going after a missing person. Right. And uh, hijinks and insanities definitely ensue. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it brings the smog pollution of mm-hmm. uh, the 1970s and the whole um, gas shortage and smog uh, from the bad car. So it brings the car industry into this and kind of mm-hmm. takes them to task. And then also crosses it with... Uh, porn stars, the the yeah. bad pornography that was going on in the seventies that uh, was very bad along the uh, Sunset Strip and and other places in Los Angeles, uh, but it really kind of focuses on those two as, and this I think is kind of interesting as we look at uh, detective tales mm-hmm. is that here we have two separate cases, one involving a uh, potential you know missing person, right, a porn star who's dead but is still around, yeah, and then how it ties into this other case about uh, smog and cars and catalytic, catalytic converters and all this stuff. Which was such a, a weird thing. Yeah. We, we'll get into that, but it was yeah. odd. I never expected that and then the two, And then the two cases just kind of converge with one another. Yeah. And then you tie it all up at the end, which, you know, is, is not uncommon. In fact, there is another... Uh, Shane Black movie, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen Kiss Kiss Bang I've Bang. heard of it. I've never seen it. It's okay. I mean, it came out, I was surprised it came out in uh, 2005. For some reason, I thought it was like a 1997 movie for mm-hmm. some reason. Uh, but it came out in 2005 and it doesn't have the exact same uh, plot, but it has two detectives that get thrown into the short, short story. I know people are going to say, it's not technically two detectives, it's an actor and a detective. <laughs> but it's two separate cases that can join to a much bigger uh, conspiracy plot mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the movie. So that's got it going for you, which, you know, it's interesting because uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and uh, The Nice Guys is very similar to another movie called Lethal Weapon, where you have separate oh, events yeah. going on, and it's all by Shane Black. Sure. Uh, so the one thing that I noticed after coming out of Nice Guys was, wow, Shane Black really has this kind of buddy cop, buddy love genre down mm-hmm. and i think this is maybe the the a culmination of that and shane black he did iron man 3 he did iron man 3 okay, he did yeah. uh, kiss kiss bang bang he did all the lethal weapons as um either producer or writer on those uh he did last action hero as the writer and he wrote the last boy scout which also has uh, a football player and a detective coming together to solve a major crime. Uh, right. So he's he's really into into that stuff. So yeah, but as far as directing, he's only done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man Three, Edge, The Nice Guys, the upcoming Doc Savage, and the Predator movies. So yeah, and yeah, Doc Savage was like just announced, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That's well, it's exciting. one that he's been working on for a while. Oh, is it? But it was finally confirmed that um, 
uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be playing uh, Clark okay. Savage in that movie. So. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. The the car plot to this uh, film, the nice guys, took me by surprise, and not that it was just thrown in there haphazardly, but mm-hmm. I in any of the promos or anything I'd read, I had never heard anything about this car plot, mm-hmm. which ends up being um, an interesting point where it definitely starts out as missing person uh, porn star. Right. And then is the last 20 minutes are essentially like car stuff. Right. It, was like, it definitely ter- takes a change in the plot that I didn't see. Yeah, coming. I don't want to... Re- I guess, I mean, this is spoiler cast. So what ends up happening is... Um, the dead porn star and the missing girl worked on a porn movie mm-hmm. that um, unveils the conspiracy going on at the big three, at the big automotive companies in Detroit and how they are basically burying the catalytic converter, which would knock out a lot of the smog that was going on in Los Angeles in the 70s and still a little bit today, um, but more so in the 70s. Oh, my gosh. Smog was a horrible, horrible case. And they really kind of recreate that very well in some of the opening mm-hmm. shots of Los Angeles where you just see this brown haze. Mm-hmm. But even then, uh, when I was in California back in the early 2000s, uh, you could still see a brown haze. And the, and the joke was, wow, I'm sure glad all that smog's over there and not over where we're at, which, yeah. you know, it's just the way you're looking at it. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, it's kind of interesting how that kind of all transforms and mm-hmm. evolves. Uh, throughout the story, and and the final act is all at the um, Los Angeles Auto Show of 1977. So yeah, and uh, the the fog, the smog over Los Angeles, and Los Angeles itself are kind of this separate character, mm-hmm. and it's uh, which uh, Los Angeles just always seems to be its own thing in all, yeah, all, all yeah, movies, yeah. and especially in the 70s. I mean, there's a couple of other movies that that I think beyond Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that people might want to look at. Um, there is a great movie. Uh, called Boogie Nights, which I don't know if we watched it no, for I, Zach on it film or not. It gets mentioned probably every but month. But it is a fantastic it. movie. Also takes place in San Fernando Valley, but uh, Porn Valley, and it um, covers that same period, seventy-seven through about eighty-two, eighty-three, something like that. And it still it talks about some of the same things. And Los Angeles does become its own character in that film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, Los Angeles, the corruption, the pornography, the smog, uh, just the the dirtiness of the city is really kind of an important factor in, in telling this story. Mm-hmm. So you got to give them credit for taking the time to demolish the Hollywood sign digitally, yeah. and add in all the smog and all the, the signs and whatnot down the, the various streets to kind of bring back that look of, of the time period. Yeah. And especially because uh, luckily this got delayed in the new American, uh, cinematographer oh, magazine I not, I has uh, a spread in it about nice guys. Uh, and they talk about how a lot of this was shot in Atlanta. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then Every, a lot of digital set extensions. I, I get so frustrated because, <laughs> man, this is just this is should be called the Stephen Regret Hour. <laughs> because uh, when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, I had predicted that the place to move to would be like uh, Arizona and New Mexico because it was close enough to the Los Angeles, California area that a lot of production could move in there. Oh yeah. And then what did we see? We started to see. Tons of production just leaving California and moving to states like New Mexico and Arizona, which we saw with Breaking Bad and mm-hmm. others, just because of the, the tax credits that we right. could get. Uh, I decided to move to Atlanta instead. And so I got there right around um, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I got there about six months before the Olympics, so I had a lot of work to do. And then afterwards, I just saw this blossom of boutiques and, and cartoon and animation and special effects houses and uh, production houses all starting to bloom. And I decided to leave. And go to California. <laughs> um, 
And what's happened in that time since since 2000 to today is and it has a lot to do with um, uh, the guy who does the Medea films. Um, ah, crap it. Oh, that's. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's going to come to us. Mainly because Steven's Steven Tyler Perry. Yes, that's yes. Right. Steven Tyler Perry. Steven Tyler Perry. <laughs> uh, because of of his work down there, studios just have blossomed, and mm-hmm. so a lot of production is being done. Oh yeah, in and around Atlanta. Oh, my gosh, so yeah. I mean, um, the Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Major portions of the movie were shot there in Atlanta. Guardians nice shot guys, there too. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is in part two is shooting yeah, there shooting again. There. So yeah, a lot of production work is going on in Atlanta right mm-hmm. now, which is which is awesome. So yeah, and and so go back to your American. Yeah, so they mean so they shot a lot of this uh, uh, movie down in Atlanta. I know the party scene that takes place towards the middle of the film, beginning middle of the film, was all shot in Atlanta, and then Mm -hmm. they wrapped the entire house with green screens because they needed to show 1970s LA instead Mm -hmm. of 2016 Atlanta. Yeah, uh, uh, behind the house, so they you know they did a lot of sections there. Uh, they do a lot of flyovers of L.A., which mm-hmm. all have to be, you know, they, 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 they flew around in a helicopter in L.A., but then they have to change everything back yeah. to the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, this was a pretty low budget, and in the scope of summer movies, a lower budget film. Yeah. But I was kind of disappointed in, in those some of those digital recreations of cars down the ro- driving down the road, and it looked... Some of those cars were real. You do know that, right? Well, <laughs> I know. I understand. Some of it, I, I felt like some of the digital recreation of the town was just not rendered as yeah as good as it could have been. And I mean, that was a, a small, just little critique of the film mm-hmm. production-wise where mm-hmm. um, that wasn't the best, but you're talking a smaller budget movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not do, do you know what the deal. budget was on this? Uh, no, I didn't see. I don't see it. I don't see yeah. a production budget listed. Um, my guess is it's l- probably $50 million. Probably. Uh, and unfortunately the movie as of this recording has only brought in less than $30 million. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, uh, oh no, it says here budget of $50 million. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, according to box office mojo right now, worldwide, $29 million. That's very unfortunate. Yeah, it is. That's sad. Cause it's like. Usually we don't get movies that don't make a lot of money, and we did get this movie for at well, least a week and a half. Yeah, there's a there's a big question that I have because when you look at this movie, mm-hmm. and granted, there's a lot of special effects work as you're talking about uh, trying to recreate the 1970s in this. And again, if you go back and watch Boogie Nights, there's a very different way in which they present the city and the time period, which I think still works. Mm. Um, mostly shooting in and around the Hollywood Hills, which still had a lot of the architecture oh, from sure. that time and framing your shots just right. But for this, you do have to have wide shots of a very polluted city. You mm-hmm. do have to see avenues that have the um, porn signs and, and shops and everything hanging out there. But this movie wrapped filming in... I want to say October of 2014. That's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Uh, And it was not released until June 17th of 2016. I cannot imagine that... I cannot imagine that this film took that long for the special effects to to be done. Oh my gosh, no. I mean, they're... There was a lot of set extensions, recreation of old L.A., mm-hmm. things like that. But we're not talking massive undertakings of multiple effects houses here. Yeah, there. the movie was a um, 
Originally scheduled, I'm sorry, the movie was originally scheduled for a June 17th release. They moved it up to May 20th mm, yeah. release. But still, what do you do with a year and a half? I have a feeling, this is the feeling that I get. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that they looked at this movie and said, this movie's not that great. And they shelved it for a year. Until either Ryan Gosling's name started popping up more mm-hmm. or Russell Crowe's name started pop- popping up more. And the studio said, hey, wait a minute. With the buzz going on with some of these characters, why don't we get the movie off the shelf and into theaters? Mm -hmm. Finish it up and get it into theaters. Um, What was that movie? The House, that horror movie that are in the woods where the kids and it's kind of a a spoof on horror genre movies. Yeah, The Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. That had the same problem is Mm -hmm. that it sat on a shelf for like a year and then once uh, Thor became popular- then they're like, oh, this guy's got a lot of cachet right now. Yeah. Let's take that film that he's in for 20 minutes or 30 yeah. minutes of the movie and let's put it into theaters and suddenly people, it, it blows well, up. That so movie was solid. It, it was a good movie. I'll admit that. Um, but Nice Guys, I think, it, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. Interesting. And I And as much as I enjoyed it, it didn't feel like I was watching a movie from 1977. It felt like I was watching a movie from 1982. Specifically, <laughs> it felt like I was watching uh, Lethal Weapon, which came out in 87. So it, it felt very much, especially third act, felt so much like Lethal Weapon that I was like, why am I watching this? It's kind of like when mm-hmm. I when you see the Kevin Smith movie um, Cop Out. Oh, Have you yeah. seen that movie? Yeah, parts of it. It feels like Beverly Hills Cop 4. And it feels like that's what it was supposed to be was Beverly Hills Cop mm-hmm. 4. Um, or a Lethal Weapon Five, or one of those kinds of things. And so when it tries to, when it when it, and I don't want to say it sponges off or borrow, but it maybe borrows heavily from previous works, it kind of tarnishes it. And even as much as I enjoyed Cop Out, it didn't feel number one, it didn't feel like a Kevin Smith movie, uh, and number two, it felt like every other buddy cop movie that I had seen before. Likewise, this movie, as good as it is with some good characterization, it feels like it's paying too much mm. uh, homage to things that Shane Black loves. Mm. And like I said, the third act felt very much like Lethal Weapon or Lethal Weapon 2, which came out in 89. Um, I mean, there's some slapstick stuff. I mean, the the, the scene in the toilet with the gun uh, with Ryan Gosling's uh, <laughs> been beat up by Russell Crowe yeah. and now Russell Crowe's coming to hire him to find somebody and Ryan Gosling's got a broken arm by Russell Crowe and he's in the toilet reading <laughs> and he hears Crowe come in and he tries to kick open the door and you guys have seen this in the trailer and he tries to hold the gun and the door won't stay open. It's very slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. That's genuinely funny and yeah. that feels genuinely real in that moment. But then there's a part uh, later on when Gosling falls off the top of the party house and he discovers a body down at the bottom of the hill yeah. and he's doing this and he is literally doing an Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. bit where Costello, every time he would find, you know, the monster or a dead body, he'd be like, <laughs> he'd do this whole, hey, Abbott kind of thing that wouldn't come out. And it's hysterical mm-hmm. and it's funny, but I'm like, wow, Ryan Gosling is just ripping off Lou Costello for laughs, and nobody in the theater is getting it but me, unless, you know, I don't know if, if you're a big Abbott and Costello fan and I'm have not, seen their movies, no. but if you had, you would know that that's a, a gimmick from that. And so it, a lot of the movie just felt like, hey, let's take everything that I love, throw it in a blender, and let's pull out the little bits and pieces that I like the most and slap them together to tell this story. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's the biggest problem that I have with Nice Guys, is it's a good movie, and it's a solid movie, but it seems to just be a mishmash of things that Black has done before or things that he loves. 
Now that's uh, a good perspective on the film mm-hmm. because I have one never seen anything else Shane Black has done besides Iron Man three, mm-hmm. and two have never seen any of the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh man! So watch. I mean, if you're going to, a lot of people are like, oh, if you're going to watch Nice Guys, you really should watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm like, no, you really shouldn't because that's a modern day movie. But when you watch it, you'll see a lot of similarities in plot structure mm. between it and this movie. Um, it also has Robert Downey Jr. in it and Val Kilmer in it. So it's got oh. Batman and Iron Man making nice. out in, oh, a, in cool. a scene. Uh, so you've got that going for it. But it, it looks very much like like that. That's interesting. Uh, I, so, d- so you didn't completely enjoy the I film? I didn't completely enjoy it. I mean, I liked it. But by the time we hit third act, I was like, really, can we wrap this up? Because this is not what I was <laughs> thinking it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and I really wasn't. I mean, and again, if you're trying to. I don't know if this movie is intended to be Shane Black trying to create a movie that feels like it's from the 1970s yeah, or if Shane Black's telling a story that takes place in the 1970s but is incorporating all of the modern technology stuff. Because if this were a 1977 detective movie, Mm -hmm. the pacing, the action, and all of that stuff would have been completely different. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if he's just telling a story that's using modern, you know, modern storytelling techniques, but it's set in 1977... Then, you know, it's just like any other action buddy cop movie that you've ever seen before, which is a shame because I think the 1970s, which I've talked about on Major Spoilers podcast and a bunch of other podcasts, I think the 70s is a very special time for detective stuff. And if you go and look at um, uh, the Rockford Files, for example, and I'm trying to think there was another detective movie that uh, James Garner was in that is a, um, I think I want to say Dashiell Hammett. Um, that also came out in that in that same time period. Uh, that's just fantastic. It's just phenomenal. But this didn't feel like any of those. Mm. And so I was kind of let down by that. I, I mean, if you watch Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. it feels like, now it's not, it feels like you're in that time period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it is using modern technology of the late 90s to tell its story, it feels like you're in the 70s. This movie didn't make me feel like it was in the seventies. Yeah, it I made me feel like I was in the eighties. Yeah, I know. I could. Well, I wouldn't know about the eighties, but I could definitely feel and see that uh, where you come from. Or didn't feel like the seventies because there was a lot of. I feel like if a movie ever is ever like, "Hey, look what decade we're in," yeah, then you know, like, we're right. definitely not in that decade anymore. Right, right. Um, Marlowe is the other. That's the James Gardner movie that came out in '69, but it really feels like a '69, '70 movie, and mm-hmm. it's a real detective movie that takes place in California and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And some people would say, um, "What is it? The um, uh, Long Good Night?" I think is the other one that is a. Uh, I know a lot of people really, really like it, or the Long Goodbye. With um, uh, Elliot Gould is another good one. I hate that movie. I don't think it's very good um, as far as Philip Marlowe movies go. But a lot of people really enjoy it. And that's another one that really, I mean, it's shot in the time period. It's set in the time period. So I guess it has that feel of the 70s. Mm-hmm. But I was expecting something more along the lines of The Long Goodbye or The Rockford Files or Marlowe instead of 70s version of Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I, I keep that. saying that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um and I really enjoyed this movie, besides the, the third act, right, kind right. of, mm-hmm. because I felt the third well, act. Well, what did you enjoy about the movie? Oh, I enjoyed um, Ryan Gosling and mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. Yeah, I thought their characters I were really good. I think that's what I really enjoyed, and yeah. pretty much 
just the writing of their lines mm-hmm. and I, and some of the action was pretty good but like th- those two characters yeah i really enjoyed the plot um i thought the missing person with the porn star thing was interesting and mm-hmm. then when it got into the car thing it was odd once it was like to the end mm-hmm. and it was just the car and like the the ending scene yeah, yeah. with the main lady mm-hmm. uh, who like doesn't care about her daughter and and it's like, oh, we're still going to win. Like, it got yeah, yeah. way too weird with, yeah, like, yeah. preachy with the car thing at mm-hmm, the end, mm-hmm. which was odd for this film instead of just being, like, two buddy cops. Yeah, and it didn't feel, you know, you've seen Chinatown. It didn't feel yeah. like the ending of Chinatown, no, no, right? No, no, yeah. no, yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, Ryan Gosling's character. He is, yeah. like, really funny. And when they're talking, when they were doing Deadpool, I think it was T.J. Miller, who's, uh, what's his friend's yeah, face yeah. from Deadpool mm-hmm. talking about how um Ryan uh not Gosling Ryan Reynolds yeah. is like too attractive to right, be right, funny right. uh but he is I feel like Ryan Gosling's the same way in some of the roles he's done have been incredibly funny and I always thought he was good on SNL mm-hmm. uh I, th- <clears throat> I thought this role for Ryan Gosling was great and he was able to not be his like romance story yeah, self, yeah. Which i mean is really he's nice. a single father his wife's dead yeah and he's raising his daughter who plays a big role in this mm-hmm. and again that is a i mean it's it's not knocking the movie but another big thing in shane black movies is a strong female character role uh-huh. and so the daughter plays that in yeah. this movie um i think she did well and so ryan gosling's trying to navigate this line of i miss my wife mm-hmm. my wife is dead and again for those of you that have seen lethal weapon uh, and so he's becomes a, a big raging alcoholic and basically stumbles through the movie, sometimes completely drunk, sometimes not completely drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Russell Crowe's character, who I really like because he's just like, <laughs> yeah. he's just like a thug, really. He's a hired goon that if someone, if you need somebody to send a message to somebody, you hire this guy and he'll go break an arm or he'll go punch somebody in the face. It opens up the first time we meet uh, uh, Russell Crowe's character. He goes to the house of a guy who is having sex with a 13-year-old or somebody in high school. And uh, the guy opens the door and he punches him right in the face with a pair of brass knuckles and says, stop stop sleeping with 13-year-olds and Mm -hmm. then walks off and he's done his job there. Yeah. So I really like his character too. And he's got some humor. Uh, I think there's some great action in this movie, especially when – Crow goes back to his office slash apartment above the nightclub. Oh, yeah. And the two, what I consider the two villains of the film, mm-hmm. show up. Uh, and you got this guy in blue who becomes Mr. Blue or Mr. Blueface. And I figured he was going to be around for a lot longer in the movie than he was, being the incredible bad guy. And then you yeah. got Keith David playing another heavy mm-hmm. in the movie. And I'm like, wow, I really like these guys as your prototypical or your typical 70s villains, mm-hmm. kind of over the top, kind of crazy guys. And then they're gone before the third act happens. Yeah. So it's like, wow, uh, there's some real potential in this movie. And you know, it just seems kind of wasted. You know, places. some of it might have been my mentality going into this where mm-hmm. I was expecting more of a comedy instead of a detective film. Oh, you, so you, know? you were expecting a comedy. Yeah, I was going in with comedy okay. mindset, not so much detective type stuff and maybe because mm-hmm. I didn't watch enough trailers or something mm-hmm. but I was just like oh this is going to be a funny movie well I can see a, I can see this and go okay this is this is a funny movie yeah but it it didn't commit to me in my mind it didn't commit fully to being a comedy and it didn't commit fully yeah. to being a detective no I could definitely see piece. that too it was a action movie mm-hmm. buddy cop movie go read uh, uh, Save the Cat, Save the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> have you read it? Uh, most of it okay yeah. so go read Save the Cat and then um and then with that in mind, this movie doesn't commit to either one of those genres. Mm-hmm. It's just a straight up buddy cop movie that 
has some laughs in it. I, there's nothing wrong with laughs. I mean, I laughed. I thought things were funny. Yeah. There was a part that had me laughing hysterically <laughs> while the rest of the audience, which wasn't very large, uh, just kind of sat there. And I was like, really, guys? This is funny. <laughs> there, you know, because <clears throat> I've seen a lot of, I go and I like going to comedies and mm-hmm. there's, you know, I've seen a few of the big ones that have came out in the last couple of years and there hasn't been one yet. In fact, there was a comedy, a buddy cop movie uh, that I, it was the only movie I've ever walked out on because it was not funny and it was I can't remember what it was now. Let's be cops. Oh it was right, horrible. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was god awful. And I've seen been to a couple other comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the first one that was even you know comedy esque. That I was like, I want to actually see a sequel of this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wouldn't nothing mind- that I've seen pre- recently that I would be like, oh yeah, let's make a sequel to this comedy. I think. Man, you really need to see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Like, right away. Okay. Don't, don't wait. Just see it. Okay. Because after you're done with it, you'll go, wow, that's exactly what happened in, in oh, this really? movie. I mean, I mean, again, plot points parallel really? so much are, are the same. Um, I would like to see a sequel to this movie, but I would like to see the big action sequence taken out. Uh, because mm. in, the, in Nice Guys... It starts on like the 30th floor of a building. And by the time it's done, there is a body that has fallen off the building and splattered next to the pool and someone else who's fallen in the pool. There's grenades going off in the parking lot. There's people on rooftops punching each other out. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have just seen it end with, I mean, the big action sheet sequence could have just been somebody falling out of the pool. Falling off the building into the pool. And that could have been your big action sequence, your big stunt sequence for the movie. And you wouldn't have had to have gone off with the whole other the whole other part of the movie that just didn't make much sense as mm-hmm. far as the action sequence goes. And if they kept it to that, this movie would have been really, really good. Yeah, because the middle of the movie action sequence, or the two of them with um, the two villains going to Crow's apartment was right, good. Right, And then when they were at the house party mm-hmm. were good action scenes. Yeah, they, they were. they could have left it at that and said, oh, yeah, we're kind of an action movie. Mm-hmm. We're as enough action for to check that box off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really was. And I mean, the action sequence, I mean, you can still have a lot of action, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally, it's like guns going it's on, like big. like 10 people having a gun shootout and mm-hmm. nobody's hitting anything and no. people falling off buildings and grenades exploding and, you know, mustache twirling villain kind of over the top villain uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, that's too much for this movie. Mm-hmm. This is too much for this movie. Um, if that could have been t- toned down, I think this would have been really cool. I mean, the whole thing with the the film reel falling off the building and rolling down <laughs> and people chasing after it. That was really that good. Was good. I thought that was yeah, nice. that was a good one. But then you have the assassin guy pulling out his grenades and, mm-hmm. and that whole fight scene, which didn't seem to work for me for whatever reason. Um, the involvement of the little girl, putting the little girl in danger is always kind of touchy, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It just... There are parts of this that just felt off. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that this is an average to okay movie, not a great fantastic Mm -hmm. movie, uh, but it's an, it's an average movie that I think people could enjoy if they, if they like the, the, the actors. And see, I, I, I'm going to say it's an above average movie because I think the rate of actual funny things that come out Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years is pretty low. And, um, this, well, I guess, besides Deadpool, Deadpool is probably gonna be the funniest movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was gonna be, I think, for me, probably one of the funnier films of the year. Which, 
uh, I think it's kind of good to pull off, especially a big uh, blockbuster type season mm-hmm. comedy, even though this budget wouldn't really fall into that category, or at least in the time period, so it mm-hmm. gets lumped in there. Um, pulling off, because it really, I mean, some of the best comedy stuff is from the super low budget indie yeah. films anyways. Yeah. But um, coming out in theaters, I really enjoy this. I laughed a lot. And when I got back home, I told Aubrey, he's like, oh, we have to go watch this because it was yeah, yeah. so funny. I, I like, would watch I, it. I, mean, I pulled I up the trailer. Again. Yeah. But I pulled up the trailer and watched it and said, oh, no, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like the humor that they do in the trailer is so wrong because Russell Crowe is like so flat yeah. throughout the entire film that it's hilarious. Right. right. And Gosling is way more over the top. Yes. And, and so those two throughout the film are incredible. Mm-hmm. So if you thought the trailer was funny, the movie is 10 times better than yeah, the trailer because yeah. the trailer is not edited like the movie is mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Again, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing a sequel. I would I would tone down some parts. Um, I would see it again. In fact, I already bought it on iTunes preview. Oh, did you? I mean, even before I saw it in the theater, I was like, yeah. well, I'm buying this. I don't yeah. care because I really want to see it because I, I do have a fondness for movies set in that time period because mm-hmm. it's such a such a time when the country was in flux and uh west coast was all really in a in a big change going on um is very different from the rest of the country and so seeing tales set during that time period in los angeles is very different than watching uh, the french connection for mm, example yeah. um so I, I I guess that's why I, I dig that, and when I when it doesn't meet up to what I what my expectations sure. are, I feel a little I don't yeah, know I course. feel a little let down by it. So well, yeah, that's always the problem with you know us seeing something and then having mm-hmm. really expectations, especially yeah. if, if people we like or it's a genre or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we are, are an opportunity to be way more let down than probably the average uh, you know person is. Yeah, uh, I did like the. Um, Warner Brothers logo that was used at the beginning, the Big W logo, because oh, yeah. that was right from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was designed by Saul Bass, uh, who's designed a bunch of oh, yeah. intros that oh, we yeah. really like. Oh, yeah, I love Saul Bass. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a cool movie. It's just... Uh, and again, if you like Lethal Weapon, you'll enjoy this movie. Really? Yeah, I think you will. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you think any of the production elements besides, obviously, digital effects l- felt like just the filming in general, framing... Uh, pacing of the film felt 70s at all or no, was it, not really. all just off no I think it I mean yeah. it feels like a let's tell a movie using modern technology and, and methods mm-hmm. and let's put it in this in this time period yeah because I know it, I mean if I were really trying to go for this is a 70s feel there would have been some some really odd zooms and some snap zooms yeah. in there there would have been um, much longer pans on stuff and there probably would have been some and, and, and again that's an all pacing thing from the time period mm-hmm. so I can forgive an editing and pacing thing and they did a very good job here uh, there also just feels like there were a bunch of segments of the film taken out that would help tie uh, some of the plot elements together mm-hmm. but um, no from the production side I thought it was just it was fine for yeah. 50 million dollars it was well, fine sure yeah I think you really should go read that article in American Cinematographer. I will, I will, now that I Because, uh, what is it, Felipe Rousselot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a cinematographer, and he worked on a lot of stuff back in the 70s. I'm trying to, I believe he said he did. Oh, yeah, he did a bunch of stuff from 70 through today, 1970s, yeah. starting his career. Uh, but uh, a lot of French stuff. Yeah, and um, so he was talking about, you know, they mentioned, you know, some snap zoom and stuff, and he, it, you know, now that you th- mentioned that, like, the kind of the modern 
he i mean they f- they filmed on digital which mm-hmm. obviously that's you know kind of the norm now mm-hmm. um but that is definitely working against you from a a film set in the 70s already mm-hmm. and then you're right cuz now i'm thinking of um oh gosh what's the movie with a super amazing card bullet the car chase yeah, yeah bullet, yeah, yeah, bullet. Yeah. i'm mm-hmm. thinking of bullet now with steve mcqueen yeah steve mcqueen with that car chase of long pans and mm-hmm. some zooms and just mm-hmm. pacing uh different so that was definitely a lot different than this film i'm trying to think of anything else i've watched in the 70s recently um but do you th- but do you think that you know if you know next year another film comes out in the 70s w- would an audience even respond to the the filmmaking styles if we did it in the 70s again or do I you think, think people we, would we've hate changed it I think people, so much yeah we we've changed so it. much that if you were to watch it today yeah. you would be like what is this this is horrible and that's why I want to know what the you know what is the frame framing of this and I really suggest there's a great interview that Shane Black did over on the writers panel mm-hmm. which is a Nerdist network show it's the writers writers panel 272 go and listen to that because Shane Black is talking about the movie he's talking mm-hmm. about his love and the, and the influence of the time period and what went into it and so he's got a lot of passion about this project which is great I love yeah. that um, uh, and then there was somebody that came up with a list of movies you must see before um before watching the nice yeah, guys. I think I remember seeing some of that stuff. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I remember on that list was Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the only one I can ever remember and, being on lists. Uh, so film school rejects has this, uh, article called five movies to watch before you see Shane Black's the nice guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one they mentioned Boogie Nights, Paul Thomas Anderson, 1997. Great movie. Uh, Chinatown, Roman Polanski, 1974. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, sure. You got to see that movie cause it fits right in long goodbye. As much as I don't like, the movie itself and the story, I think it's a, I think it's actually kind of good in kind of setting up what you can expect mm. from the nice guys. And then somebody, then the, the final film, oh, they mentioned Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That, that goes back to them oh, yeah, <laughs> kind sure. of thing. But Clute, holy crap, whoever came out with Clute in 1971, that is a awful, awful movie. <laughs> and, I, and I guess that if people like The Long Goodbye, they'll probably really like Clute. But Clute is like the total opposite of a detective movie. Uh, what is it's it? just not very good. So this guy, Clute, played by um, uh, Donald Sutherland, okay. is hired to find out why, what happened to um, a family friend. He committed suicide, and apparently he had been seeing this prostitute, mm-hmm. and towards the end, before he killed himself or disappeared, he'd written these really weird, strange letters that were really horrible and very perverted and stuff. And so he's tasked to go to New York City from Pennsylvania uh, to track down this prostitute, played by Jane Fonda, and figure out, you know, what's going on. And most of the movie focuses on the prostitute and her trying to work out why she's a prostitute and whether she wants to be a prostitute or whether she wants to fall in love with somebody. And Donald Sutherland's character, yeah, a lot of it is her in a shrink's office uh, talking through her troubles. I would say there's a good 30 minutes of the film of just her talking back and forth with her psychiatrist talking about why she does the things she does, okay. trying to turn tricks, doing these things. And Donald Sutherland's character is reduced so much in the movie. And then the overall plot, when it finally comes together, you're like, really? That's it? Oh, man. It's it's really a disappointing movie and a movie I would suggest nobody watches, <laughs> even though I even though it's got a really nice, uh, I think, Rotten Tomatoes rating um, is is set really good. But I did not find it enjoyable at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it did not feel like a movie that I guess if you want a slow plotting movie that doesn't have a lot of detecting going on, <laughs> this is the one to watch. It's got a 97% on 
uh, tomato meter reading oh, wow. and 80% audience reading. I just despised it. I think there's better movies out there. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, so those are the five movies that um, Film School Rejects suggest that you see before this. I would say everything yes except for Clute mm-hmm. is probably right up there. And I would probably would re- you switch in I would weapon? probably replace Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. um, or even Bullet, but more likely um, Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. a- as the movie to watch. All right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I so there you go. I mean, there's two different opinions. If you've seen the movies that I mean, Steven I didn't has hate seen, this movie. No, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you're coming out with Steven's coming out, you're probably, yeah. you might be uh, yeah, derivative, I think, mm-hmm. is definitely what you're going for. And if you just want some good laughs, yeah, I think if, if you want laughs, I think this is probably the best movie for, especially like right now. I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything else that's really funny out in the theater. What did you think of uh, Don't Stop, Stop, and Oh, stop. no, sorry. No, definitely go watch that movie. It's freaking hilarious and so well put together. It is uh, phenomenal. What's some, the name of it? Uh, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Okay. I know some someone said it's like... My generation's spinal tap. Oh, really? Yeah, which um, definitely has not. It, it's not as like weird as Spinal Tap is at points, but it is a uh, definite like Sandberg, Lonely Island, uh, f- uh, crazy song, wackadoo kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that was a good freaking time. I'm trying to think of other movies. Uh, last couple of days, I've rewatched. Uh, the Thin Man, two of the Thin Man movies, uh, The Thin Man and After the Thin Man. These are two 1940s detective movies with William those. Powell and Myrna Loy. Okay. Uh, really great. I mean, they are they are fantastic little detective stories of the time. Oh. Um, but again, they kind of get wrapped up real nicely at the end with ah, here's who did it in a kind of a oh sure in a kind of a I don't want to say Miss Marple kind of way because uh, detective fans will will yell at me about it. But <laughs> I've watched those two and they, those were um, very fun. I'm trying to think of the other one that I watched recently also probably in the last week or so that I really got a kick out of that I thought you would enjoy, but it's slipping my mind at the moment. Uh, I did see that we've talked about it before, but Electro woman and Dinah girl is now available on iTunes. Uh-oh. It just is came it out on? from legendary. Oh, it came cool. out uh, today. In fact, Oh, good. so people can go check That's that out. That's fun. Um, but I don't see any of the other, other movies that, that jump out. I would say I've been meaning Clute, to watch a couple of stuff that I've had on my iTunes right now, which I finally got room, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm waiting to do that. Um, we're really excited about to watch that. But you know what? I've actually been, as much as I screamed during the Conjuring 2 trailer before mm-hmm. we watched whatever mm-hmm. that was, yeah. uh, I've been watching a lot of trailers for like horror movies that I've missed from the last couple yeah. years. And you're going through that same thing I did. Where uh, horror movies just scared the crap out of me and then suddenly you're like, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to yeah, push my way through this. Because everyone was like freaking out about The Witch when it came out a couple mm-hmm. months ago and that's mm-hmm. out now and I want to watch yeah. it. I never watched The Babadook, which everyone was going crazy with that. My wife and saw the trailer and she's like, I definitely don't want to see what that. What was the, uh, the It Follows? Yeah, everyone yeah. was like- You the, saw that one though, didn't no, you? No, I haven't oh, seen you it haven't yet. Seen it no. Follows? I'm forgetting who told me to see It Follows. I thought it was you because no. it's really good. Yeah, no, there's, there's like three horror movies everyone- it talked about in the last two years that I haven't watched. And I think I'm about ready to I'm about ready to watch because uh, for some reason we started watching American Horror Story. Oh yeah, have you watched that? No, I have not. It looked too scary. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. I got home and Aubrey was watching the first episode. Yeah, and I was just kind of standing there intrigued because I've heard it's good, and I'm watching it, and there was definitely like a jump edit. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, did our did our internet just wig out? And then I re I made her rewind it, and there was like. In the first couple episodes, they throw in these jump cuts and just mm-hmm. crazy production elements that just throw you completely off and are just making you uh, like not 
have any idea what's coming and like i'm like okay well now i have to watch this entire series because it's if you're gonna start just putting in jump cuts in there to freak me out like i'm gonna watch it because i think that's interesting yeah yeah i heard the first season i mean the series is apparently very very good i mean that's why uh, lady gaga is in last season in this upcoming season um but the uh, end of the first season the whole school shooting thing I think had a lot of people on edge Is that what happens? because, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's a school, <laughs> but there's a school shooting oh. and uh, for me, it kind of bothered me because like, well, that's too that's close too to the Connecticut. It was right oh, around the same time as the really? Connecticut thing happened or eh, close. within close enough, yeah. um, maybe like three or four months later mm-hmm. that I was just like, eh, maybe I'll skip this. So, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. But what's, um, Anything coming out soon, movie-wise, in the theaters that we should be keeping our eyes on, that we should be talking about? Well, let's take a look at the release schedule. Of course, this week sees Warcraft uh, hit theaters, so kind of excited about that, as is The Conjuring 2 and Now You See Me 2, which... Were you the one that told me Now You... (laughs) Now, now you, you see me was good. It wasn't Someone told horrible. me I can't figure I out. I watched who it, is. it. I watched it, and it yeah. wasn't the horrible mess that everybody makes it out to be. It's yeah. still not a great movie. Yeah, but it's not the horrible mess that everyone is like. Oh, this movie is horrible. No, it's it's actually not. It's just it's again like <laughs> nice guys. It's just not that great. Oh, okay. Because I so, knew someone told me like, oh, it's worth watching, but yeah. I couldn't figure out who it was. It's probably like me. everyone in it's my entire me. life. It's probably me. So I'm definitely interested <laughs> in seeing Now You See Me Two and Warcraft. Uh, also coming out, uh, let's see, we've got Central Intelligence. That's the uh, Dwayne Johnson movie. Uh, Finding Dory is coming out next week. Um, we're already scheduled to go see that. The family's <laughs> like, oh, yes, we're going to go see this one. I'm like, oh, great. Of course. Uh, then we have on the 24th, Free State of Jones, which looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Independence Day Resurgence and The Neon Demon, which I, that's a horror thriller movie. Oh, that's with um, um guy who did Drive and... Nicholas Winding yeah. or uh, Renfin. Yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes ago about his ideas on uh, violence and sex and things oh, right, like that. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have on uh, June. I'm sorry, June 28th, July 1st weekend, July 4th weekend. Uh, the B- F- BFG. That's the big freaking giant. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I like knowing anything about Doom has just right, ruined right. that entire right. title for me. Right. Uh, the Legend of Tarzan, The Purge, Election Year, uh, The Shallows. Uh, could be uh, interesting. You know, Purge, I, I have you seen Purge? No, seen here's the, the thing because I thought they were going to entirely ruin that concept of mm-hmm. no, which I thought was the coolest concept mm-hmm. uh, for a horror movie. But I thought the first two, like, oh, you're just going for blood mm-hmm. and stuff. But this election year one, yeah, the election year one really looks really interesting. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, when I saw it, I was like, now this is a better plot premise than the previous one. It almost yeah. feels like an escape from New York kind of vibe mm-hmm. for Ford. Uh, July 8th sees Mike and Dave need wedding dates, which I saw the trailer for that. And um, okay. Yeah. Never stop stopping your stopper or whatever. Uh, and then also the secret lives, uh, life of pets. That's from universal pictures. That's the animated thing about the uh, dogs. Yeah. And then, uh, finally, uh, July 15th, Ghostbusters, uh, is what we're all looking forward to see. Oh, great. Uh, we'll be seeing that and we'll figure out what other movies we have coming up. But what was the next movie we were going to review, Zach? Do you remember? I thought we were going to, um, see one more movie that, we missed in the box office, but is now available on the iTunes that we were going to check out. I am just completely blanking. I know we have talked about something. I think we mentioned it in the last week. Yeah, episode. we'll have to go back and listen. I know we've talked about it because there's a bunch of stuff that came out recently that mm-hmm. we've been dying to actually see. Um, but we'll definitely talk about it next time. 
on this show, Stephen. Don't you think? I think we'll probably. We will. Are yep. we gonna head to the theaters? We're we gonna go iTunes. Well, or is I, it just a mystery? I think it's a mystery unless people want us to go see Warcraft. Unless you're interested in seeing Warcraft, I mean, I'm gonna go see it this weekend. So I'm kind of interested, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, we're gonna talk about a movie next episode of Zach on Film because that's what we've been doing. Maybe here we for should so do an long. independent film. Ooh, very fun. I got one called The uh, Big in Japan, which you might enjoy. All right, Japan. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I like it. All right. So that'll uh, be in the next episode of Zach on Film. That's it for this week's episode. When we talked about Shane's Black's Nice Guys, uh, head over to majorspoilers.com where you can find this podcast posting page and you can give your thoughts and ideas and maybe your own little mini review of if the Nice Guys if you went out to the theater and uh, partook of that film. Uh, while you're at majorspoilers.com, make sure to check out all the great articles and other podcasts coming out from this great site and help support it by either becoming a Major Spoilers VIP or clicking on that Amazon.com link. You can do all of your Amazon shopping. This hat I'm wearing, a uh, NASA oh, yeah, hat. nice NASA hat. Yeah, thanks, I watched man. The Martian again the other night. Oh, great That's film. a great movie. Yeah. Uh, you, but you can buy this NASA hat on Amazon. It's not going to cost you any extra if you use that link at Majorspoilers.com, but a little bit of that purchase money won't go to Amazon, but it'll come right to Major Spoilers. Uh, to keep all this great con- content coming out to you week after week after day after month. Uh, but that's it for this week's episode of Zach on Film. See you next time. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.